हे दिस इज योर होस्ट सासके एके ऋषिकेश एंड एस्पायरिंग इन्वेस्टर एंड पॉडकास्टर ऑल ओवर फ्रॉम इंडिया आई होप यू आर डूइंग वेल इन टूडेज एपिसोड वी हैव अ वेरी स्पेशल गेस्ट ऑल ओवर फ्रॉम यूएसए मिस्टर एस्टन नॉलन ही इज एन स्टॉक इन्वेस्टर एंड ट्रेडर आई होप दिस एपिसोड विल ब्रिंग ए टर्न ऑफ वैल्यू टू यू before starting this episode i want to start this episode with a quote that if you are not dreaming big for yourself then who's dreaming for you now i will introduce you mr ashton hey buddy i appreciate it man it's a, it's a pleasure to be on here with you um I, i love your intro there whenever you say um if you're not dreaming big then um Yeah, I I'll t- I'll do my own spin on that. If you're not dreaming big, shame on you because <laughs> I think people severely underestimate uh how much one can accomplish doesn't matter your 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 sex, your age, your your financial status, your religion, it doesn't matter any of those things. So, um I love I love how you put that in your intro. Um but a little background on me. Um uh, I'm 30 years old and I live over in the US. I'm down here in Florida. Um and I've been trading and investing for about 6 years now. And I whenever I first got introduced into the stock game, I actually started as a day trader, which um day trader as we day trading as we all know is extremely difficult to do. Um but I was fortunate enough to you know to, to hang in there as a day trader for about three and a half years. Um but it just got to the point to where I did not the stress was not worth the returns that i was making at that point so i just made i made a pivot um i actually took a break from trading for about a month and just just went back and just completely shifted back to neutral right and then i made the transition to a swing trader which day trading is you buy and sell in the same day but a swing trader is pretty much the same thing but just on a longer extended scale So sometimes I buy and sell or I buy stocks and I hold them for 2 days. Could be 2 weeks, could be 2 months, it just depends on the stock. So all those things I I learned as a day trader was just it's the same thing just on on a, on a much slower scale. Um and then I just I just I just found that I had, I actually made way more money as a swing trader because I was far more consistent and I was adhering to a strategy uh more easily. So, and then can and, and investing investing is um it, it's so simple, right? Doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple, you know? Um anybody, you know, if you're a janitor or you own a lawn care business or, you know, you're um you're you're a merchant at the local market, right? Anybody can be an investor. Um and it all boils down to your discipline um and your patience you know if you have if you have those two things and and persistence uh consistency and and patience you'll be a very very successful investor um now over time you want to become a better investor um as you were whenever you first started you want to grow your knowledge base you want to grow uh your familiarity with certain companies um and but th- but that just comes with time um but just the act of investing itself is very very simple 
okay so as you're mentioning before about your journey so i want to ask this like uh, from childhood are you on the invert investorial or the you know entrepreneurial side like do you always want to be an investor trader or how does it happen uh no I, well when i look back uh you know throughout my childhood i've always been the person who you know this sounds really really arrogant to say but i i don't mean it in an arrogant way but i i always you know was the one who started a new trend you know or started something start started something new um thought outside the box i was just always that one person um that you know that has its pros and its cons you know um but that's just the way i've always been wired you know and um you know when i first got introduced to the stock game um it just boiled down to what was the one thing that i was doing research on all these successful people and they all had one thing in common and that was the stock market um to whatever degree right um uh, some were investors some were active traders so you know you know the whole saying uh, follow the money well that's exactly what i did that's how, that's how i started and um you know being a trader does have its own entrepreneurial spirit for sure because it's essentially you're running your own microcosm of a business you know yeah. and you 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 scale just like a business you manage your risk just like a business um and you diversify to a degree just like a business right so um to answer your question in short yeah i've always been entrepreneurial minded but that doesn't mean that somebody who is introverted and not necessarily uh not necessarily entre- or entrepreneurial anybody can be a trader if you have the discipline to stick it through okay so uh when it comes to like investing or trading uh what's your philosophy like you that you always follow so <clears throat> with my trading well, i'll just stick with that for now my trading so i'm a i'm a swing trader right okay. and this sounds very 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 obvious and kind of duh but i buy low and i sell high right whereas yeah. day traders day traders they also sometimes buy low and sell high but sometimes day traders buy high and sell higher right okay. but as a as a swing trader i look for companies or stocks not companies just stocks that have just been completely just battered right a stock that's been hit really really hard but i know it's still a great quality company right i'm talking like a walmart or a shopify or a lululemon or something like that something that's a high quality company but the stock price has just been hit temporarily so i come in and i take advantage of that temporary price hit right and okay. and then i i have a strategy based on certain indicators and i use all of them in in tandem with each other right and whenever a stock becomes too high or too too overbought i start to scale out some profits right I never I never buy in heavy or sell out heavy. I always buy in and I scale in and then I buy or I sell out and scale out, right? So that's 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 the pretty much the gist of my philosophy. Um a little bit more detailed than that, but that's the overarching idea. Okay, so 
uh, honestly i stone about speaking trading i i don't know a lot of things about trading but uh, when i'm uh, when i was reading in a book about the investing there's a uh, there's a line that like trading is a kind of speculation i uh, don't like uh, mean i i don't know about it and uh, if i i'm sorry if something it, it hurts you know no, I, no 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 you're you're perfectly fine keep going man okay so uh, i have read about like a lot of negative things about the trading like uh, it's just a speculation like you know you are just uh, speculating like a lottery ticket so uh how do you want to explain it like uh, how trading is not a speculation game no that that is a great question and i i there's you wouldn't have any argument for me to say that trading is speculative because um because it is right and you can also make that argument to say that investing is speculating to a degree right because okay. you don't know you don't know how i mean obviously prices are going to go up over time right because the because stocks in general go up 71% of the time okay so i mean we could also say that about investing but here's the thing the shorter the time frame that you plan on holding the stock the amount of speculation and the amount of risk that you carry goes up right mm-hmm. but if you the longer you plan on holding a stock the more you mitigate your risk right so your risk comes down that's why investing for the long term just buying and hold your you 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 eliminate I don't want to say you eliminate your risk but you extremely mitigate your risk because you're holding it for a long time. Swing trading is kind of a hybrid between the two. Okay? So you're holding for a longer period of time. Like there's there's some trades that I'm in that I've held for 9 months. Right? I just I take profits on the way up and it comes back down and sets up and then I add back onto it and then you rinse and repeat, right? Um, there are some swing trades that I'm in for two days. You know, it just depends. Um, and there's pros and cons to all those things. But my whole philosophy in trading is to, just to keep my money moving at a velocity, right? So I have my long-term investments, and I love my long-term investments, and I'm married to those long-term investments. I know everything about those companies. But for my trades it's very, very temporary, right? It's like taking a girl out on a date instead of getting married, right? <laughs> you, you know, you can go on, you can go on several dates. Um, you can really enjoy that person, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting married. Swing trading is the same way, you know? Um, there is a little speculation into it, just like day trading, but just not as much. Okay. So uh, when it comes to investing or trading, so people make, uh very common mistakes so according to you what common mistakes uh one should avoid while trading or investing uh this is the perfect opportunity for a plug <laughs> because i'm actually right now as we speak writing a book uh titled the 10 cardinal sins of stock trading <laughs> it pretty much goes over the you know the 10 things that from my perspective and my experience that new traders and experienced traders rather uh should not do in trading and um i think the new the, the 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 biggest one that new traders fall into is jumping from strategy to strategy right yeah. so if if you're if if you can't discipline yourself and focus on just one strategy and practice it over and over and over again you're doing yourself a disservice you know if you 
if you follow the shiny coin that rolls across the room and you and you see people on TikTok or on Instagram um, that are making making these big gains and you just try their strategy out for a week and then you do another one another week, you're you're, you're spinning your wheels and after you know six months you're pretty much back where you started. So um, you know my recommendation for new traders is pick a strategy. It doesn't matter which strategy because there's a million different ways to trade. And there's a million different ways to invest, right? Just pick one that you like, that works for you, um, and then you stick with it for six months. I would actually say, and a lot of new traders don't like hearing this, but um, this is just what I've seen with new traders and a lot of new traders, that I would give it at least a year, honestly. Um, you can adapt a, a strategy from you know a trader that you trust, um, but what you want to do over time is you want to make that strategy your own. You know, because that that way it, it forces you to put more time into it and to really, really practice it and really pay attention to it. So that's the one thing I, 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 I would say to new traders to avoid. The second thing, and this is probably the most important one, is do not focus on the money. Right. New traders um, get so caught up in making gains and making a lot of money and they lose sight of actually learning the skill, right? Because pe people want that money fast. And I get it because we're humans and humans can be greedy, right? But if you give in to your greed, you just fast tracked your way to failure, okay? So what I encourage new traders to do is do not focus on the money, focus on learning the skill. Because why, there's no need to rush this because you can even if you take even if it takes you three years to learn a, a, a skill like trading, I mean that and that is that is a, a, a long time. But then you have the rest of your life with a highly, highly profitable skill. Right? You could literally be 80, 85, 90 years old behind a laptop trading stocks because you've 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 put in the time to learn a skill that can last a lifetime. So um you know, if some new traders who are really focused on learning um, and they happen to make money in their first year, that's just a bonus. You know, obviously, if you, you obviously you don't want to lose tens and tens and thousands of dollars and lose all of your money. You don't want to do that. But let's say after six months or a year, you win, you lost, you win, you lost and you're just staying afloat. That's a great thing because most new traders lose money. Right. Um you know, I, I just consider losing money as a new trader as paying your tuition to trade, you know, um, you know, it's, it's like you have to you have to put pay your dues, um, pun intended, by the way, you have to pay your dues to deserve to be profitable, you know, and and that time that timetable goes by a lot faster if you put learning as your priority. OK, so. Uh, as you were mentioning about the, you know, like uh, uh, to learn skills, uh, you require some time. I, I'm uh, remembering of one one sentence from the I don't remember the book name about uh, where Abraham Lincoln says, uh, like, uh, if you give me like ten hours to cut a tree, I will use first uh, four hours to sharpen my axe. X, you know. Yes, that that uh, dang man, that is a great analogy. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it could take somebody to 10 hours to chop down a tree 
where the first and the other person is taking four hours just to sharpen a saw to cut it down in an hour. Yeah, that's that's that is the perfect analogy for this. You're absolutely right. Okay, so Aston, what I think about uh, when it comes to trading or investing, or let's talk about the general doing business entrepreneurial side. The important, most important thing is to bring you know the self awareness kind of thing. You know, you you first need to be bring self awareness to yourself, like what kind of trader you are, what kind of investor you are. Like people literally watched a video on YouTube. Let's say they watch a video about Warren Buffett, like he made eighty three billion or whatever. They just uh, they just like jump into investing the next day, the trading the next day. Oh, I want to be investor, trader, entrepreneur. Uh, how one how one can bring that self awareness to himself or herself, like uh, what kind of trader investor he or she is, uh, and uh, what goals or you know uh, when it when it comes to investing, not everyone can be the Warren Buffett. So how how that investing you can use to generate a wealth to yourself, and how can we bring that self awareness to ourselves? That, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I, I'll preface my answer by saying this. Becoming self-aware and identifying your weaknesses or your strengths in, in, in and of yourself, that takes time. It really, it really does. It really takes time. It takes time. It takes experience. It takes practice. Um, not, not the practice of trying to find... Um, you know, your, your, your strengths or your weaknesses, but just practicing a, a craft, right. Or a skill. And then over time you slowly start to discover that. So I would, I, you know, I would never recommend people just to sit there and, and try to pinpoint that from day one. I would just let that happen organically, you know? Um, because if you try to force it, right, then your, your brain may concoct some version of yourself that you're truly not. You know, whereas if you just let it happen slowly and organically, that that gives you a much better idea of who you truly are as a not only as a person, but as an entrepreneur or as a trader or uh, as a plumber or, you know, it doesn't matter your craft, but um, it just it just takes time. And I would just let that unfold naturally. Okay, so as I'm mentioning about this self-awareness, uh, in investing, let's say general investing, a lot of things to invest. There are uh, like real estate and assets, a lot of other things also there to invest. But I saw uh, a confusion in many people. Like, where should I go to stock market? Should I go to the real estate? Should I go? So uh, how one can make this decision? What's uh, what points want to follow to make this decision? Where you want? No, that's um, that's a valid that's a valid question because um, first off, I'm a huge proponent of real estate as well. Um, real estate, you, real estate is a um, you know part of my language, but real estate is a dumb man's game, right? The most some of the most successful real estate investors I know all say that as well. You know, it's a dumb man's game because you just buy property you buy a house and you own that asset but the beautiful beautiful thing about real estate is that you can put in two dollars 
to immediately have uh, $10 worth of value, right? Because you, it's 20, 20% down, or at least here in the, here in the States it is. Um, but the stock market, the stock market is its own unique thing because the stock market just, just talk, I'm not talking about the U S stock market. I'm just talking about the stock market just globally, whatever country you're in is the number one vehicle to create wealth in the world. So, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people who say, you know, stocks are a gamble, the, the stock markets are rigged, all these things. That's really unfortunate because you are missing out on the greatest wealth, bid, wealth building tool in the world. And that is the stock market. Love real estate, though. I, I, I can't, can't stress that enough. But, um, you know, I, I, what I would recommend, either real estate or the stock market, um, this is just me personally, but I would recommend, you know, go all in on one or the other, because I think, you know, the whole thing about diversifying, you know, you want to diversify your portfolio. Well, Warren Buffett says the opposite. Warren Buffett has coined the phrase that, um, you should only really be invested in about six or seven companies yeah. because those I mean, you don't want to over diversify yourself because if you do, it, there is diminishing returns at that point, right? So if you spread your 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 fortune, let's say you have a million bucks, right, and you spread that across um, all these different all these different companies in a portfolio, and then sprinkle in one or two properties, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because if you spread yourself thin, right, and you spread yourself wide you actually are setting yourself up for the average, right? And I mean, it's just, it's just a math argument at that point. So one, one analogy that I give people on diversifying is, is if somebody has ever seen the movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson, right? The old, back in the 1500s where people would line up and go to battle, go to war, and they would literally uh, uh, fill out a line, right? And they would just go direct contact into war, right? But if that line is way too long and not very deep, you're not going to last very long. Whereas a, a movie like 300, going back to the, the Spartans take, taking on the Persians, what do they do? They funnel into a very, very tight corridor. They're not very wide, but they're really, really deep. And they, they, they cause some havoc. So that's, that's what I recommend to investors and traders. Okay, so... Uh, as to one of the uh, when it comes to uh, trading or investing the biggest thing i hate is about the taxes like literally when you sell uh, when you sell your stocks your bonds or whatever and when you get taxed i hate that thing very much like i invested i trade i think all strategies and when i'm taxing just government taking my profit portion from the taxes so how do you avoid, uh, you can't avoid it, absolutely. How, how do you manage your profit with all of these taxes when you sell your trades? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, my answer might surprise you. And my answer is, it's a change in mindset, right? And what I mean by that is, I will gladly pay more taxes if that means I'm making more money, Right? And a lot of people focus on, well, well, what about capital gains? Well, what about short-term capital gains? All, the, all, all those different things. I, 
whenever you focus on taxes, you're focusing on the wrong thing, right? Um, because here in the U.S., it's a progressive tax system, right? So what that means is as your income goes up, you get taxed more of a percentage as it goes up, right? Yeah. But, but what that means is like your first 10 or 20, we'll just call it 10,000 for the sake of math. Um, your first 10,000 is taxed at this percentage. And then your next 30,000 after that is taxed at this percentage. So people, the, 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 the perception of taxes in the U.S. at least um, is not what people think it is. But people need to be focused on making more money. It doesn't matter if it's through trading or, you know, real estate or just a business in general. Because if you're paying more in taxes, that means you're doing extremely well financially and you're making more money. That's a beautiful thing. So I think that that's, that's how I get around that is just changing my mindset on, on taxes. I don't focus on that um, because, you know, there, of course, there are loopholes to save on taxes, of course. Um, but you have to educate yourself on that or hire, hire a professional, right? Um, but I think, you, I think people focusing on the small portion of the money that's going out um, distracts you from the, the larger portion of which you keep. Okay, uh, so here I want to ask about the, as you know, uh, Albert Einstein already quoted about the like compound interest is the eighth wonder of uh, life. Uh, so I want to ask this, if uh, someone's goal is to be financially free at early age, and uh, let's say the the average market rise is like 10%, so uh, what should be strategy to trading or investing? Yeah, it's, so uh, let, me, let me touch on uh, being financially free real quick. For me, what financially free means is when I have my money making money. That's what, that's what it means to me. But for a lot of people, being financially free is um, not having to work a nine-to-five, you know, which completely I, I completely understand that. I completely get that. Um, but for me, I mean, I have, I have so many different things going on that I'm working – 15 16 17 hours a day um but it's also me working on things that i love doing you know and that that should be the goal for everybody is is to be willing to work hard and work long hours but just try to make it something that you really are passionate about and that you enjoy um but you mentioned a really important topic and that is uh compound compound interest right truly is the eighth wonder of the world um so a lot of people you know say hey I want to try to make 1% every single day, right, as a trader. People don't realize how that that plays out on a long scale, right, because there are 270 trading days in a year, right, because you you can only trade Monday through Friday. If you you made 1% every single day, that doesn't add up to 270%. It adds up to much, much, much more than that because of compounding, right? So this is the number one beautiful thing about swing trading. Okay. As a, let, let me, let me compare it to day trading, day trading. You can only do one position at a time because you're taking very, very large positions, maybe, maybe two positions, maybe three positions at the most at one time. But as a swing trader, currently as of, as of today, I have 39 trades going on at one time. That is what I call, 
compounding on steroids, my friend, because <laughs> I mean, that, t- that takes time to build that. I mean, you, you're, you're not, you're not only building a, an investing portfolio, you're also building a trading portfolio because what that allows me to do is on my, let's say my oldest trade um, or tra- a trade that I'm taking profits in that allows me to take those profits and allocate those back into a new trade, maybe two new trades or my worst performing trade. So you remember how I mentioned earlier, keeping my money at a velocity. That's exactly what I mean because um, you're really, really taking uh, compounding uh, and you're putting, you're injecting steroids into it as a swing trader. Yeah. Uh, So Ashton, I want to uh, ask this question about uh, like, uh, when it comes to uh, trading or investing, there's a lot of strategies people follow. A lot of uh, people have different kind of strategies, different kind of ma- mindset. But uh, how do you uh, able to calm yourself whenever things doesn't go 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 wrong way or go opposite to whatever you have think uh, before that trade or invest? Yeah, I get asked this question almost every day <laughs> because. Um, I actually had a lot of people tell me on Instagram and on TikTok that like, man, you look so just relaxed whenever you're trading, whenever the market's just dumping or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. And that's because I have a strategy, right? And, and what my strategy is, I have my trade planned out regardless of what happens. If the stock runs up 30%, I have a, I have a plan for that. If the stock drops, I have a plan for that too. So whenever you have a strategy, a strategy that you've practiced for years and that you've mastered, right? You, you know your strategy inside and out and you have a plan for whatever happens. So whenever, that, whenever you have that, that gives you incredible peace of mind, you know? Because once you, once you do your due diligence, you set the trade up before you even enter it, and then at that point, it's just letting the trade play out, right? And with my strategy is you keep your losses small and you let your winners run, right? And if you do that more often than not, um, right now my current accuracy is right around 80%. And if you do that 80% of the time, you're going you're gonna to make a lot of money. You're going to be very, very profitable over a long period of time. Okay, so uh, earlier you mentioned about your book, and I want to touch that topic now. Uh, like you see, I'm writing a currently I'm writing a book. So, uh, can you give a little bit context about the what will be the what will be the book about, and when we can expect it to come in the market? Yeah, so, so this is this is the first book I've ever written. So this is a really really fun experiment. Um, I, I was I was really reluctant. I've always I've always wanted to write a book, um, but I just I'm an entrepreneur and I, I've never looked at myself as an author. But I've had this idea in my head for a long time, and my wife finally encouraged me to go ahead and get it started. So um, I got I got a couple chapters. Excuse me, I got a couple chapters written, and um, got the cover all done and everything. And it's it's titled the the. 10 cardinal sins of stock trading. And like, as I alluded to earlier, that it just goes over the 10 things that with my experience and being, you know, interacted with thousands of other traders, um, 
the 10 things that I think that if new traders and experienced traders were to avoid these 10 things, it would really, really expedite your learning curve and give you a much more solid foundation um, through, throughout your trading career. Um, as 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 an, an ETA on when we might expect that for me to actually publish the book, man, I'm thinking probably toward the tail end of this year. Um, I would like to have it published by Christmas. Um, yep. That I mean, I think that's a that's a tangible goal for myself to have it published. Um, and I actually took a, a, a poll to to Instagram. Um, because it's going to be an ebook. It's not going to be a hard copy. Um, although the hard copy may come sometime in the distant future. Um, but the ebook, and I just reached out to all my followers on Instagram saying, Hey, what would you be willing to pay for a book that brought you value? You know, I'm not looking to charge an arm and a leg for anybody to, for this book. Um, my main thing is just to get it into hands of people, um, at a reasonable price and still offer people crazy insane value. So, um, that, those are my goals right now. Um, if I happen to get this thing finished and give it a publish before Christmas, great. Um, but that is that is the tentative time as of today. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, I want to ask this question about the current market situation. Uh, like the current things happened after the COVID-19 impacted the market and after the rise we are seeing in the market. Actually, uh, when uh we can check out on the history before on the recession and the inflation and the market is not doing what what it's supposed to do so do you think the current market situation is a bull trap not necessarily because um here's the thing and this i actually i actually made a post on this on uh instagram and twitter not this is about a week or so ago people get it get it confused in that they think that the mark, the stock market and the economy are the same thing, and they're not. They are two very, very, very different entities. Although they overlap and they are related in a lot of ways, they are two very completely different things. And the, how, I, how I put this is the economy works with actuals, like actual unemployment numbers, actual um, GDP growth, those, that's the economy. But the stock market, the stock market doesn't deal in actuals. The stock market deals in future value and speculation and perceived value. So making that distinction is important. So, um, but here's the thing. And people also invest in the stock market, not because they want their money in there now, People put their money in the stock market because they believe that in five years, or 15 years, or in 30 years, their money is going to grow. So they're really putting their money in the stock market for the future, right? So the fact that the economy isn't doing too hot, but the stock market is going up, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. But the, sometimes the stock market doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. It, People, people, people are putting their money in because they're confident that it will grow in the future. And that's that's the best way I can put that. Um, you know, and people people think that if the stock market just keeps going up, that it has to come down. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Now, will it come down eventually? Yes, of course. It's always going to pull back. But remember what I said earlier that the stocks or individual stocks go up seventy one percent of the time. 
right? So the stock market can keep going up and up and up and it doesn't have to come down because it can just stop going up and just go sideways, right? It doesn't have to come down necessarily. Okay, so next thing I want to ask about the company valuation, uh, because the most of the, uh, let's say the some hot hot stocks are currently going in the market, and for most of the people, when when a new investor or new trader uh, comes to the market, and the important thing he misses on the during valuation, and generally they go for the hot, picking hot stocks like Tesla, or in India there are some some hot topics they choose these hot stocks and like misses the lot of profits because of high paying value so uh when it comes to this kind of things well what's your first strategy to do these things and how do you manage this yeah absolutely and, the, and you're absolutely right about um a lot of the a lot of people um you know particularly people who are trying to make a quick buck are just jumping into the hype stocks, you know, and Tesla is a prime example for this. Um, so learning how to properly value a company is, is paramount. It is paramount. And that's really the basis of what Warren Buffett does. You know, that's how he has amassed such a large fortune because he has learned better than anybody in the world how to properly value a company, right? So let's use, let's use, a. a let's use Tesla as the backbone of, the, of this example. So if I wanted to look at another company in the electrical vehicle space like Tesla, right? And I wanted to invest in a company then I would, I would compare that valuation to a Tesla, right? That doesn't mean a, a, another company who's trying to become Tesla is going to be Tesla, right? It's actually more, more likely that they're not going to be Tesla, but it's a good reference to use um, if it's a promising EV company, right? We can use their te uh, Tesla's valuation and compare it to the other company to see what potential growth that other company may have, right? So um, another another example would be I'm I'm really I'm really big into growth companies. Um, that's primarily my sweet spot whenever it comes to investing. And whenever I'm vetting a company for a possible investment, is I would look at their market cap. Amongst among other things, um, and I would compare it to every other company that's in that space, right? Because it's all relative. You know, a company can be overvalued uh, according to their ratios, but if you look at all their competitors in that space, and all of their competitors are also overvalued, then that has less weight to it, right? So, mm. but if you look look into a space like genomics, for example, like I, I'm, I'm heavily invested into the genomics sector right now. Um, and one of my favorite investments is actually CRISPR therapeutics. And I like them because their market cap is so low compared to competitors in their space. And I think, believe that CRISPR therapeutics, their, their, their technology is even superior to their, uh, to their competitors that are much larger in market cap. So that, that leads me to believe that CRISPR therapeutics has a lot of room to grow. So learning how to properly value, value a company is, is, is very, very, very important. Okay, so uh, as we are uh, at the end of the session, as you are mentioning about the doing valuation, so what aspects do you prefer while choosing your company? 
there's a couple different things. And, and I, I think whenever people come to ask me that question, I think they, the, their question needs to have a little more context to it, right? Because how I, how I vet or, or uh, go through a dividend company is very, very different how I vet going through a growth company, right? Um, so for a growth company, there's a couple of key things that I look for. One is the market, the market cap and the valuation comparison, like I just mentioned. Another thing is their, their cash versus their debt, right? Whereas, but but the, the caveat to that is with growth companies, um, majority of the time, they're not profitable just yet. But what, you, what I like to see is that their cash is going up and their debt is going down, okay? I want to see that, I want to see that relationship there. Um, because if you have an understanding on that, then you can get a better idea when that company will become profitable, right? So that's, that's one, another thing that I look for. Another th the third thing that I look for is I want to see that their revenues are growing because if a company's revenues are either flat um, or declining, especially as a growth company, that's, that's, that's not really a good sign. But if a company that, who has tremendous revenue growth, although they're not profitable, I'm willing to take that as an investment because I know that they're going to be profitable very, very soon. Um, and then the cherry, a, a cherry on top, I guess, would say, um, what are the boys on the street thinking about this? I, and I, then I look at their, their outlook and their, um, their estimated revenue growth, not only for this year, but for next year. Um, and I would say anything double digits um, is good. You know, anything 20% or more, uh, estimated revenue growth for next year is great. Um, and I'm in a, a growth investment right now um, that, that the boys on the street are estimating that their revenues are going to grow 103% next year, which is bonkers. Um, but, you know, that, that's also one of my favorite investments. But those are some of the key things that I look for in growth investments. Okay, so I want to ask this question about the, there are some kind of, the people or some kind of category in the stock market who like you know for for the sake of their own profit they want to mislead the other investors other people coming to the market i have saw on this many times before and you know there's some kind of company schemes and suddenly the everyone's like talking about they bring this company high 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 and then just like you know crashed it so about all of these scenarios happened or maybe coming to the future. So as a new investor or as a, let's say for the general investor, uh, how, how, how one can protect himself, his investment from all of these greedy things happening in the market? Sure. Yeah, that's, um, that's an important topic because we're actually starting to see that right now with the company Nikola Motors, right? Um, extremely hyped up. Um, but they had very little to show for it. Their, their stock, they did a reverse merger, right, through a SPAC, through a special purpose acquisition company. And their stock went from $15 a share to $100, almost $100 a share in a matter of a week. And then it comes crashing all the way back down. Um, and just comes to find out that there's, there, um, I mean, it, there's a lot of, red flags when it comes to this company because the chairman stepped down. Um, you know, there's some, there's some reports coming about them, about them being fraudulent or any of these true. We don't know yet, but 
um, a lot of the times whenever there's whenever, wherever there's smoke, there's fire, right? Um, but here's the thing. For new investors who are worried about that, um, things like, like uh, companies being fraudulent, that is actually more rare than people would think. Um, because if a company is fraudulent, they, it, it's a lose-lose, right? A company wants to, be, wants to have high integrity. They want to have a, um, um, a great product and a great, or a great service. And they wanted to they want to please their customers as well as their shareholders. Why? Because that is the that is in their best interest to do so. Because if their shareholders are happy, if their customers are happy, then they inevitably make more money. Right? So company companies being fraudulent is 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 more rare than people would think. Um, but one way to avoid that is to learn how to properly uh, vet a company, right? You want to know what what's going on with their financials. You want to know what's going on with their with their products and their services. You want to know what's going on with their with their CEO. So, using Tesla as an example, um, Tesla is one of my largest positions and investments. Um, I know Tesla so well that I could probably tell you what kind of T-shirt Elon Musk is going to wear tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I say I say I say that very very tongue in cheek. Of course, I I don't know what T-shirt he's going to wear, but but you, you but you get my point, right? Um, yeah. you want to know those companies inside and out as an investment, as a trade, it's a very, that's a very different conversation, but as an investment, you want to know that company inside and out. And if you do that, that takes away a lot of that fear and a lot of that doubt, um, uh, for new investors. Okay. Uh, so end of, at the end of this session, I want to, the five, uh, the some advices to the trader or investor coming into the market. My advice is is twofold. The first first part is what I mentioned earlier, and that is, um, as a trader, do don't make money the the priority. Okay, just do yourself a favor, and just commit yourself to learning a skill. Okay. Because I've seen it happen so many times to new traders to where, oh, I'm going to get in and I'm going to turn my $1,000 into $2,000. do not do that. You may get lucky once. You may get lucky five times. But if you're making money that priority, that money will go to zero uh, quicker than you think. Um, so that's my number one recommendation. And my, my second tip is this. And it's very simple. Be patient. Be patient. Rome was not built in a day, okay? Steve Jobs did not build the iPhone, the very first iPhone, in a day. It takes time, right? Learning how to trade and learning how to, to invest uh, properly is just like any other skill, you know? Learning to play the guitar, learning how to paint, uh, learning how to play basketball, learning how to uh, bench press 350 pounds, you know, all that stuff takes time and a lot of practice, right? Um, so don't don't let these people fool you on social media who are making these big gains because those big gains those people are making, they could very well be real. But they could also have been practiced. They've also probably been trading for a long time, right? Like for me, as an example, you know, um, you know, people try to get to, to where I'm at 
but that's because I've, I've been trading for six years, right? And investing for six years. So just be, just be patient. Don't put that unnecessary pressure on yourself. You know, um, just enjoy the process. Uh, take, take the losses, um, analyze them and then adjust. And then you just try to make, you try not to make those, so mis- those same mistakes over time. Um, and same, same with investing, you know, if you make a bad investment, so what big deal, it happens, you know, don't be too hard on yourself, just adjust, learn from it and you move on. Okay. So Ashton, this is all for today. Thank you to be on the show. It was an Honor to have you on too, and I sh- I'm sure this episode will bring a ton of value to the people who are listening. Absolutely. Yeah, if anybody ever has any questions for me directly, uh, you can just follow me on Instagram. That's my main source of communication. Instagram, just Ashton Noland, all one word, um, or uh, hit me up on TikTok, Ashton underscore Noland, and I'd be more than happy to help you. <laughs>